What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own, Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, we make our 2022 debut by talking about our biggest surprises and letdowns from Week 18 in the NFL. We'll then preview the wildcard round of the NFL playoffs, and we'll also find out if Tyler has successfully defended his TSK Show Fantasy Football Championship. All this and more on episode 226 of the TSK Show, coming up right now. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, episode 226 to be exact. In case you forgot, because it's been a while. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Shelton's very own, my A1 from day one, Tyler Pacholke. What's up, TP? How are you, man? I missed you. It's been a while. Yeah, man. It's been a minute. It's been a, it's been a crazy stretch for us. Yes. It's, uh, I guess, technically been four weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's been about a month. Longest, since... longest we've probably ever gone. I, th- I think so, honestly, that this is the longest we've ever gone uh, without recording since we started the show. Um, our last episode, that is still playing. Oopsies. My bad. See, this is what happens when you run your own board. You get, uh, things like this happening. Um, but like I was saying, um, the last time we recorded, it was December 15th. It's now January 12th, 2022. We're in the new year. We were planning on taking the week of Christmas off. So technically, we were supposed to take a break after our last episode. It just ended up lasting a little bit longer yeah. than uh, we were expecting. Uh, you were supposed to go home the yeah. week of Christmas, and that's why we were going to take Christmas off. But we were going to come back uh, before New Year's and do an episode before New Year's. But unfortunately, Tyler, uh, you caught the Rona. I did, yeah. I was uh, I was exposed um, on, a, on the Monday before Christmas, and then... Uh, canceled my flight you're supposed to leave what thursday i was supposed to leave thursday right um i decided not to leave just in case i did get it i waited um and i think six days to take a test i took i took a test like the day after i was exposed uh and then i took one like six days after i was exposed and i i tested positive the rapid one that i got you from cvs that day right yep yep oh my that's the one that told me when i tell you that cv that rapid test was the only rapid test I could find for like maybe three weeks. That was the same with the uh, the original rapid test that I took after ex- being exposed. I walked right into CVS and bought, you know, yeah, and bought two. Um, 
and then uh, never again seen him in there. So last week, I was able to finally find a couple of antigen rapid tests at a CVS. So I, I bought a couple and stocked up on them. So I have a couple at home if you need them. Yeah. Uh, nah. But obviously, you're good now. Yep. Um, but um, I mean, yeah. You, you were texting me because you you hit me up and were like, "Hey, do you have any rapid tests or do you know like where I can get any?" Yeah. And I was like, "No, but I can go like check the CVS around the corner from my house." And I was like, "Damn, are you like feel, feeling like really sick?" And you were like, "Yeah, I was, I was like bedridden for like two days, so like it was pretty bad for you." It was. It was, uh, it was pretty bad. I mean, it, it definitely whooped my ass. Like I, I was surprised. Fully vaccinated and everything too. Right? I'm fully. Yep, I'm fully vaccinated to uh, two doses of Pfizer. Um, the body aches were by far the worst part. Uh, they they were they were pretty gnarly. Damn, and that's crazy. Just, and then you just had a fatigue. You know, you just felt tired all day, um, but it wasn't necessarily easy to sleep because you were really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but it was it was like the classic flu, I would say, uh, with jacked up body aches. Wow, man. And I still, I mean, I can still kind of feel something in my chest. Um, my voice is worse than, my voice is even worse than it was before. I didn't want to, I didn't want to say it just because I know obviously that it's <laughs> something we we talk about, but like. Yeah, it's, it's worse than, it's worse than it uh, has ever been. Um, well, since. and that was one of the reasons we took another week off was to give your voice, uh, give your throat and your voice yeah, a, another I, chance to, to get some more rest. I had completely lost my voice for, I would say. 48 hours solid like, right it was like you know like no, it was man. it was insane um uh, so yeah i mean what, what a crazy experience to be you know vaccinated get get this thing anyways hits me hard i'm out uh out of work for two weeks canceled christmas home um canceled christmas home we were supposed to go to the, the laker game new year's eve supposed to go to the lakers game yeah no missed out on uh missed out on a lot of stuff but you know uh ultimately it was worth the risk um it, it was worth it you know just testing positive i'm glad i didn't fly home you it, know? honestly so many people i think are not even having that cross their mind to where it's like you were smart and made the right decision to it where was it's hard. like it was i was very upset about yeah, it. yeah you were it, telling me about uh, it it was I, tough I, it was not a it was not an easy decision to make um my dad also kind of helped me you know just by saying like we got you know we got to do do it the right way just be safe right now uh there's too many you know too many people in the family that aren't vaccinated there's uh you know the elderly i got kids in my family so uh it was just it wasn't worth it yeah and then you know my mom actually ended up uh catching it oh well damn okay i didn't know that but yeah. also shout out to your mom it's her birthday today it's her birthday today so yep. shout out glenna yep. happy birthday yep um so yeah i mean that was kind of that was kind of my experience i was out um i was out sick maybe three four days and then i was good damn well i'm glad you're better yeah i know the listeners are probably glad you're better because we're back doing the show yep um it sucked having to take this time off but we had to do what we had to do yeah yeah man it was uh and it was a good time of year for it to happen at least uh yeah. being you know it being the holidays and already kind of a stressful uh, time it just allowed me to say all right i i've just gotta i've gotta stay inside for 10 days you yeah know, just just take it easy for don't you know i can't stress out about it can't control it so um yeah probably got to watch, watch a lot of movies and sports uh yeah i watched <laughs> um i watched the entire 2010 nba finals oh wow i don't know if you saw i think i, I tweeted i, I, I think i tweeted when, game seven yeah 
yeah, yeah. that was that was uh so that was fun that was like a weird uh quarantine type of thing to do you know when yeah. you start getting a little cabin fever i um i really just wanted to watch game seven but i ended up watching all seven games that's awesome you just found it on youtube or something yeah honestly uh if you if you have never watched full-length games on youtube give it a shot you can yeah you can look up so many iconic basketball games there's a lot of them out there uh it's i do it i do it pretty often a lot a lot of sonics games (laughs) you know a lot of a lot of kobe games a lot of iverson games that's awesome yeah all-star games those are fun to watch. Rewatch. Those are, those are good. Those are good watches. So, all right. Well, we're glad you're better, Tyler. Let's uh, let's get back into it. Let's uh, let's recap how we ended the TSK show fantasy football league because it was quite the competitive year, Tyler. And I mean, I didn't end up getting the number one overall pick guaranteed to me because I was in the consolation bracket for not making the playoffs. But I also ended the year on the win on a win, so I didn't uh didn't end up in last place so we're good with that did you end up defending your tsk show fantasy football league championship i did not i ended up getting upset bounced early first first round um in a rubber match so i i actually played against blake in the first round who i had played twice in the regular season and we split and then he won the one that mattered wow wait hold on hold on you played him three times yeah which you only played two teams twice. I'm just gonna say that's a theme of something to come later on in the show. So and uh, and then also um, the other first round matchup was a rubber match as well. Who was it? Uh, Blake and or Brett and Corey or Chad? Brett and Chad. Yeah, Brett and Chad. That's what it was. That was also a rubber match. So for the two wild card games, uh, fantasy football playoffs to both be rubber matches. That's pretty. It's pretty crazy interesting but yeah i was i ended up uh getting bounced in the first round uh i like where my team's at you know moving forward to next year but ultimately the bucks uh you know that first round was the week that all those buccaneer players went down mike evans went down fournette went down so the bucks guys kind of carried it won me it last year in the playoffs and then this year they they've not showing up or and getting her uh probably lost with that match damn that's tough so who ended up winning tyler let's let's let the people know yeah, so the the champion ended up being our boy Corey Golob, first uh, guest ever on the TSK show. First ever, yeah. Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> it was it was real early on too. Yeah, uh, like first twenty episodes, I think. Hold on, I'm gonna go back and find out. But yeah, so Corey Corey brought home the dub. Um, what's cool about that is he is he's top five all time in wins for our league. He's been in the league every single year. Um, and he's also the fourth different champion in four years. So we've got a different name on the trophy every year, which I think is cool. Um, there's no one that really has a stranglehold. And all four guys that have won a championship are in top five all-time wins for our league. So um, the kind of steady teams that are always being competitive, they've all kind of got a chip. Damn, that's awesome. I, I think it's awesome that we've had a different champion every single year yeah yeah me too i think that's uh that shows a lot about the the competition of the league definitely and Corey came on episode 20 exactly so you were oh damn okay yeah february 13th 2018 february yeah february 13th 2018 february 2018 damn that's almost four years ago yeah that was two years before covid yeah damn 
Time flies, man. The Time year, flies. The year 2 BC, before COVID. <laughs> Is that, that going to be the new uh, abbreviation what, at the I, end I of the year? I can't take credit for that. That's a little Duval thing. Oh, that's awesome. Shout out, I didn't little, know shout that. out a little Duval. Yeah, he he uh he says like we're gonna we're eventually we're gonna start referencing time from COVID as in before Corona and after. That's so funny. Um now, Tyler, looking forward, uh, real quick with the TSK show fantasy football league. Obviously, Corey will be looking to defend his championship. Who got the f- number one overall pick? Uh Sean Sweeney. So a former champ. Yeah. Uh, that that was exactly what I was looking for. It was a it was a guy that just missed the playoffs, so he's looking he's looking really good moving forward. Didn't he get a, a high score of the week too? One week, he did. Yep. Yeah, he got he got a high score of the week. Um, and I, uh, all three of those guys that won one high score of the week, they rolled their money over for the the next season. Boom! There we go. Yep. So next season, Vegas. Yep. The draft. So- yeah, so um, this uh, my my goal was the year five draft uh, would be held in Vegas. So we've all been kind of like you know planning, not planning it, but we all know we're all preparing for it. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun just to uh, to be in Vegas with the guys, have a big war room style draft. Um, everybody kind of be you know locked in and uh, yeah, man, it was on it was on my bucket list uh, to to run a fantasy league and. Host a host a live draft in Vegas, so um, yeah, it's gonna be fun. We usually always get a, a group of people that are at least down here in LA together for the draft. Yep. But I think it's gonna be awesome to have the whole league together for the first time in one place. The it's it's gonna be awesome. The yeah, there's a lot of guys that haven't met each other yet, so yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, like I've never met Chad in person before. I've never met Jordan in person before. Um, I'm trying to think. I've met Kieran in person. Who else? I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. You probably never met. You said Jordan and Chad. Jordan and Chad. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone else. Yeah, you met Stephen. Yeah, Stephen was at the Turkey Bowl. Yep, yep. You met Walsingham. Yeah, Walsingham was a guest on the show. Oh God. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Yeah. So you. you yeah, I think Jordan and Chad would be the only ones. Yeah, because Nico's come down to L.A. Yep. It's gonna be fun. Shout out, Nico. It's, it's gonna be a good time. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited. Now, all right, Tyler, we got, we got a lot to catch up on tonight. It's It's been a while since we last recorded. Uh, first, we're, we're going to talk about our biggest surprises and letdowns from Week 18. But before we do that, I got to let you know, Tyler, we got a new sponsor on the show. This episode of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by Always Toyota. If you're in, If you're into vintage Toyotas, especially from the 80s, whether you're buying, selling, collecting, refurbishing, anything vintage Toyota – you got to hit up my buddy, Alan. You know my buddy, Alan. He's he's really into cars. He's got all these trucks. Anything Toyota vintage that you need, hit my buddy, yeah. Alan, from Always Toyota. You can find them at Always Toyota on Instagram and alwaystoyota.com. I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here, so I won't get fired. Great cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson, toward the end zone. The hold is down, the kick clears the line, and Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? Seattle's going. 
mesma cor, pé. All right, Tyler, I apologize. I lied. Uh, before we talk about our biggest surprise and biggest letdown from week 18, uh, I, f I forgot we have to talk about what happened with Antonio Brown during uh, week 17 against the Jets. Obviously, by now, everybody has seen the video. They know the story of him taking off his jersey, throwing the shoulder pads, tossing his undershirt into the stands in the middle of the fourth quarter, running off the field, jumping up and down, hyping up the crowd in New Jersey as the Buccaneers were down 24-10 to 10 to the Jets. Uh, he left the game in an Uber, uh, not with the team, obviously, because uh, Bruce Arians was not going to let him fly back with the team. Um, the Uber driver went viral with a few videos with AB in the back yeah. of the car and everything. Uh, when it all went down, there was a lot of speculation as to why Antonio Brown had the meltdown and acted the way he did. Initially, most people thought that he was upset about being benched or his role being reduced from 10 receptions and 101 receiving yards in a win over the Panthers the week before in week 16 without the presence of Mike Evans that obviously cost you a fantasy football championship Tyler yep um to three receptions and only 26 receptions or 26 receiving yards in the first half of week 17 against the Jets when Mike Evans did return to the Bucks lineup then people started bringing up the incentives in his contract of uh, I think it was about Three, it was three different incentives worth about a million dollars, I think. Um, uh, yeah, Spotrack said he needed uh, eight more catches to receive $333,333, 55 more receiving yards to unlock the same amount of money bonus, and then uh, just one more touchdown to get another $333,333. Uh, so obviously the equivalent of just about a million dollars in incentives were, were left on the table by Antonio Brown because of, of this move. Um, after the game, Jay Glazer reported that he spoke with Bruce Arians and the Bucks head coach said that Antonio Brown ref refused to go back into the game after multiple attempts by the coaching staff to get him to go back into the game. And that was why he told, told Antonio Brown to leave, basically. And then after the game, Bruce Arians was like, Antonio Brown's no longer a Buck. It took him three days to officially cut him, but, I mean, the the idea was there that Antonio Brown was no longer going to be a part of this team. Tom Brady came out and said we all need to be compassionate and empathetic to, to some difficult things that were going on. Um, but, I mean, that's just Tom Brady trying to be peacemaker, I think, to a very explosive situation. And then on Monday of last week, uh, right after New Year's, Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network reported that Antonio Brown was claiming to have an ankle injury and he was claiming to be too hurt to return into the game and that the Buccaneers were basically trying to force him to go back into the game and all of that. Um, and so there was that aspect of, of the story. And then it came out for me in Rappaport as well that after Antonio Brown was suspended for three games for submitting a fake vaccine card, when he returned to the team, things were just not the same between him and the team and, um, maybe he was being treated differently or, or what, but uh, clearly things had changed after the suspension. Um, so him r refusing to go back into the game or saying he was too hurt to go back into the game, I guess was kind of the final straw that broke the camel's back for the Buccaneers and Bruce Arians, essentially for Bruce Arians to kick him off the sideline. Then Wednesday of last week, he releases a, a whole big statement um, where he says... Um, 
the Bucks lied and Bruce Arians lied and uh, he doesn't think that them spinning it is as a mental mental health outburst is uh, correct and that he didn't quit on the team and that he was cut, all this stuff. And, I mean, I have some full-length quotes from the the statement. I don't know if you want me to read them because I think everybody's uh, yeah, kind of yeah, gone yeah. through it and seen it already. Um, but what what do you make of this this whole situation? I mean, first... I mean, for me, I think if Antonio Brown is claiming he was hurt or and too hurt to come back into the game, and he said in, in his statement that he had taken a pain-killing injection before the game, and obviously that was why he was out there and tried to play, and he was playing up until he could no longer play, and he was just saying his body could no longer do what he could, wanted to do on the field, basically. Yeah. But if A.B. was saying he was hurt, why did he run off the field jumping up and down, hyping up the crowd? Like, I know, obviously, with the adrenaline, and it's different from cutting and running on the field and all of that, but it's just like, if you're saying you're hurt, let's let's act a little bit. <laughs> let, let's act like you're hurt, at least, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, at least play it off like you're hurt. Yeah. Interesting situation. Never seen anything like it. Me neither. Any, any sport. Um yeah, I mean, I think that there's there's uh, there's maybe a little bit of stuff we don't know, but I, I would assume that AB is stretching stretching some truths there. You know, I, like he could be hurt, um, that could be true, but he he could also have he quit on the team. You know, and, yeah. I mean, um, now I also will admit, like the Bruce Arians texts and stuff like that. Well, those could also be photoshopped. Yeah, that's that's where it's like. It I mean, he a submitted a fake vaccine card. Those get, text messages yeah, could be photoshopped. It, get, it gets a little hairy. Well, I mean, you just have to. Yeah, and you just have to change the name of the person you're texting to Bruce Arians. Exactly. Um, but you know, it is. I I, I hope that uh, Bruce Arians really wasn't like trying to force him to play if he thought he was actually hurt. That would seem weird. Um, it's just a weird situation altogether. But that's but that happens. That yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And there there was obviously already kind of just like turmoil underneath the surface um, right. since the suspension. Like you said, things have changed, and and now like in retrospect, looking at it, there's re, you know it was kind of built up to the the crazy day that it was. Um, I've never seen anything like that before. I mean. The videos I, I, I of, think that I think that there's got to be some sort of mental health uh, factor in in all this, um, and uh, you know, AB is a pretty a pretty dramatic guy in general. You know, I so. mean, listen, Chad Chad Johnson, who's in our fantasy football league, we talked about him a little bit ago. He uh, he brought it up on Twitter to me. It's like AB figured out a way to get run out by Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick. John Gruden and now Bruce Arians. It's like, what's the common denominator here? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's it's he's 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 a dynamic talent. He's a stud. He's, he's a, a hall of first ballot yeah, hall of he, famer. He is a beast. <laughs> um, but there comes a point where, like you know, he that like it doesn't seem as if football was the number one thing. It seems like you know being paid and being and being famous and and making headlines. For a while became ab's deal which and then you know the raiders doesn't ever even play a game for them yeah and uh, the way he the way he entered and the way he exited the raiders 
Yeah. Crazy. Like with hard knocks and everything showing up in the Lambo, all of that stuff. It was, like, uh, you know, he, he likes to, he likes to be the center of attention. Uh, unfortunately, it's just like, I think you, you cut, you burned all your bridges with this last one. As crazy as it sounds. I don't see him playing football anymore. Okay. That was, well, that was going to be a, a question I had for you is do you, do you see Antonio Brown playing in the NFL ever again? Cause I don't, I don't see him, especially after the way he handled himself with his teammates. It's like you saw in one of the videos, Mike Evans try and come over and try and calm him down and try yeah. and get him to stay and all of that. And he's just like, no. And Mike Evans is just like, you know what? He's kind of a lost cause at this point. And so he just kind of walked away from him and just let him do his thing. Yeah. And then, and see, and that's, you know, and we've seen this with superstars when they're just done, you know, it's, uh, you want all guys to kind of be as invested as, as everybody else. But sometimes, you know, the greats is they're not, they're not trying to do it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you've seen, you've seen collapses like this and guys sit out in the, you know, the middle uh, of their prime and stuff like that. And he's like coming out of his prime. So uh, I doubt we see him just because I just don't think you can rely on him. Probably locker room, you know, he's, he's going to cause a rift between the locker room and the coaches or the French, you know, the upper management and the, and the team or, you, you just you just don't know what he's gonna do. <laughs> well, and it's it's like I mean it's whether you, whether you say he quit on his team or he was cut, whatever. I mean, clearly he was cut by the by the Bucks officially, but like him taking his jersey off and and all of that, it's like that's the quitting part. Like I understand being pissed, you know, right. and like not going back in, but you know the the whole the whole like dramatic, you know, exit was. That's a. It's uncalled for. Yeah, it's a mean. And move. and it's like, if he like clearly he was fired from his job, there is a way to professionally handle that. He didn't do that. Yeah. So and, it's. And, yeah, you know, and I, I don't know what kind of lengths the Bucks have gone through to you know to wrangle this guy in. You know, maybe maybe it's been, it's been a lot. You know, I maybe mean, they've had a lot of rifts. I clearly don't think this is over. I think. I mean, because Antonio Brown wants to get paid, I think he's going to try and figure out a way to maybe sue the Buccaneers for some sort of financial damages of some sort. But I just I don't think this is going to be the end of it. Obviously, we see Antonio Brown out and about since then. Like he put out a song the same night he got cut, and then literally the last two nights he's been in the studio with the game and Kanye. Yep. So it's he's, yeah, he's living that life now. Now, one other conspiracy theory I did have was this was the first season Antonio Brown ever played in the NFL where there was an 18th week. Did he just forget there was an extra game and thought that was the last game uh, of the season? Yeah, nah. No. <laughs> okay, all right. No way. Okay. I he thought plays, maybe. plays with Tom Brady. The, uh, hey, Tom Brady forgot about fourth down. One time. One <laughs> time he forgot one thing. Hey, I'm never gonna let him live that down though. No, no, that was, it, it's even better that he throws the number up and he has that look on his face. I know it's so funny, but all right. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think Antonio Brown ever plays in the NFL again, and and neither do you, Tyler. So I mean, I think that that pretty much wraps that up. It was, it was just quite the, quite the scene, and we we had to talk about it because it's, I mean, a one of a kind scenario. Yeah, it really, truly is. I've never seen anything like it. So, all right, let's let's move on now to our biggest surprise and biggest letdown from the last week of the regular season. Like I just said, that first ever week 18, 17th game for everybody. Yep. No more going 8 and 8. You're either going to be one game over 500 or one game under 500. 
forever. So, all right, Tyler, what was your first or what was your biggest surprise from week 18? I mean, I think the obvious the obvious one was was Jacksonville. Um Oh, that no, that was neither of my biggest surprises, but that obviously yes, that is a big surprise. Yeah, that was just the fact that uh um well, uh the fact that Indy let them come in uh and beat them when Indy needed the win to get into the playoffs to to lose to a, an inferior team. Indy hadn't won in Jacksonville though since like 2014 though, which is crazy. Yeah, that I I did I did hear that. That's that's pretty wild considering they play every single year. Yeah. That's and not then, like an out of division team. On top of what the Jacksonville fans showed up as cuz everybody showed up in clown costumes because that was like the the Jaguars protest against the team because they want the team to fire the GM because they fired Urban Meyer. It's like, "All right, now the GM's got to go." Yeah. So, all the Jacksonville fans showed up in like clown costumes. Jacksonville and, and they got the they they kept the first pick, even with the Dubs. So. Surprisingly, so uh, yeah, that was that was a that was a that was a big one. I would say the big surprise, surprise. Uh, the other one, I guess, would be more of a letdown. Um, would be the the Packers losing to the Lions. Okay. Uh, also, okay. also kind of a, a like a nice surprise for Dan Campbell. Yeah, nice surprise for Dan Campbell. But I mean, Aaron Rodgers only played like half the game. Yeah, in that game. So no, it's like- no, no, they didn't. They. Uh, it was just surprising that they 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 took the L. Yeah, but I mean they had the one seed locked up already. It it didn't really matter that they lost the game. It was more the Lions winning the game allowed the Jaguars to keep the number one overall pick. Yep. Now, all right, my biggest surprise. I have two of them technically. I'll start with the the first quick one because uh, we'll talk about him a little bit later. It's uh, Joe Judge calling the back to back quarterback sneaks on second and third down from inside their own five. That was just like. What are we doing here? What are we doing? Now he's looking for a job. <laughs> exactly. And then someone else who might potentially also be looking for a job soon. It's not official. Nothing's happened yet. But Brandon Staley calling the timeout in overtime when the clock was running and then the Chargers give up the first down to put the Raiders in field goal range and eventually win the game. We all knew going into that game the stipulations of what would happen if those two teams tied and them both getting into the playoffs. And then both teams kind of made sure that the tie was basically agreed upon, but they were still going to make a game of it and just like, hey, we're not going to tell anybody that we're actually going to end in a tie yeah, kind yeah. of thing. No, it was, again, that, that was another never seen before in my life, something like that to go down. The very last game of the season, you know, to need a tie, they went to overtime. Yeah, I mean, and then, you know, I think the Chargers, the the Chargers and the Raiders were both in agreement that they were gonna they were gonna tie, and that run just happened to get them into field goal range. So you know, well, there was literally video that came out after the game of Austin Eckler going up to a Raider player and being like, "Hey, like, were you guys gonna kneel? Like, if you guys didn't get that get that first down?" And the Raider player clearly said yes. Yeah. So and, and then I mean. um, I forget who their interim head coach is. Rick Bisaccia. He's he he also spoke about it in the post game. Yeah, you know, saying you know we were gonna we were gonna tie it up. That's what we were, when they didn't call the timeout. Uh, we were gonna we were just gonna take the tie. Yeah, he, they were gonna let the clock run out basically. Yeah, yeah. The clock was the, running. That 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 one run that one you know decent first down run they got them in the field goal position. It was the next play out of the timeout. 
Yeah. And obviously Brandon Staley came out and kind of explained why he called the timeout. He wanted to get a different personnel grouping in, but he didn't even end up putting out a different personnel group after the timeout. So it was uh, just a wild, wild ending to to a great game. Yep. And then my biggest letdown, obviously, was the Rams losing to the 49ers in overtime 27-24 to in a game where they were up 17 to nothing in the first half and then 17 to three at halftime. And because they lose to the 49ers, they miss out on the two seed and allow the 49ers to get into the playoffs. Matthew Stafford's thrown eight interceptions in his last four games. Ironically, even though they lost the Rams won the division, but that's only because the Seahawks beat the Cardinals. So thank you, Tyler. Um, So, I mean, losing to the 49ers left a sour taste in a lot of Rams fans' mouth. I'm sure the team's mouth. So it's like they couldn't even really celebrate winning the division after losing the last regular season of the game. Or, yeah, last regular season game heading into the playoffs. So it's just like this is not the way you wanted to go into the playoffs at all. The only good part about the game was Cooper Cup clinching the the receiving triple crown. Yeah. For the first time since uh, Steve Smith did it in, I believe, 05. I think, I think it was 05. Damn. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that was uh the the NFC West shook out pretty crazy. Everyone wanted to play upset. If you were to tell me at the beginning of the year the San Francisco 49ers would have ten wins, I would have said you're crazy. I mean, people and people I think we're we are we are not people that favor the Niners. <laughs> um because I people do are I'm always flabbergasted at how excited people are for the 49ers. I don't know, man. I I I mean, I I know why now after watching them beat the Rams. Yeah, but I it's think like... I think Kyle Shanahan's is is up there as as one of the best coaches in the league. Um, and then they just have a couple unique football players that really you know win them games. Yeah, totally. The Kittles and the Hughes checks and Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel. I mean, those are Swiss Army knife football players. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, I mean that that was my biggest letdown from Week 18. Um. Yeah, so let's let's just move on now to our playoff preview. Let's let's preview Wild Card Weekend. We'll kind of just do it how we used to do picks of the week and just go through each game and and go from there. So we'll we'll start with the Saturday slate of games. Tyler, we got the Las Vegas Raiders coming in at 10 and 7 finishing the year. Uh they're going to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals who are also 10 and 7. Forget the circumstances that we just talked about of what the Raiders went through to get into the playoffs after the crazy game against the Chargers. The Raiders got into the playoffs after all the adversity that yeah. this team has faced this year with John Gruden getting fired and Rich Passaccia taking over as head coach. Henry Ruggs going through what he went through. Then Damon Arnett posting a video with a semi-automatic gun saying he's going to go kill somebody. Then literally... Earlier this month, Nate Hobbs, like a few days after New Year's, I believe, was arrested for DUI when his teammate, Henry Ruggs, just went through what he went through. And so, I mean, it's just remarkable that this, this team... Was, this was, That was always kind of the danger of Vegas. That was We talked that was, about it multiple that, times on this show. That's always been kind of the, the, the downside to that idea of putting a pro team in Vegas. Yeah. So, I mean, I just... I think it's remarkable that this team just made the playoffs in general after everything that it's gone through. I mean, they lost two first-round picks on their team in in the same year. 
and they lost their head coach, and it's just like, yeah, I, I can't believe they're in the playoffs either. I mean, um, that the, to overcome the coaching John Gruden hurdle alone was unbelievable. I mean, they're not necessarily an insanely talented group to begin with either. So th this is a group of guys that are getting up and playing hard every week. No, but they also have some key pieces. Like, I mean, Derek Carr has been to the playoffs before. He's he's got some experience in there, winning a game in the playoffs. But then they got guys like Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs who are coming back from missing the last week of the season. Now they're going to be in this playoff game, hopefully, and they they might be able to to make a run at these these Bengals. I mean. The Bengals, they're coming off a loss to Cleveland. Joe Burrow didn't play. They rested him, obviously, because they had their division locked up already. So they, they kind of knew they were going to be in the playoffs. It was just a matter of where they, they shook out as far as seeding, I think. And then Joe Mixon didn't play because he was on the COVID list. Um, this game, I think, is one of the biggest toss-ups, I think, of wildcard weekend. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that one. Um, tough to pick. I don't think either one of these teams are, are – really a threat to make a deep run in the playoffs. Right. Um, but someone's got to win the game. Yeah, and the Bengals, I think, you know, they're we're getting a window into, like, what's going to – the future is going to look like. I Definitely. Mean, they, they seem like they're a team that is just establishing themselves now. So Definitely. Um, I'm going to go with the Bengals. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Bengals as well. I just – I think they were the more consistent team all year. Like you were talking about, we're kind of seeing into the future of what they will be. And, I mean, J Jamar Chase, one of the most explosive young receivers in the league. Obviously, he, he shattered Justin Jefferson's record uh, from last year. And, I mean, the Bengals, they won their division in a, in a very tough division. I mean, people thought the Browns were going to win the division, and they ended up finishing last. I Yeah, when we were talking about uh, disappointments and surprises, I was going to talk about the, the Browns and the Chargers, just uh, both, both teams from these teams' divisions. So... I definitely at one point said Bengals and Raiders are not a playoff threat. Yeah. Uh, um, I didn't really see them making the playoffs. Um, and and the fact that the Chargers, uh, the Chargers and the Browns let a playoff appearance slip through their finger with all the all the talent they have, um, all the you know, they're they're supposed to be on this up. You know, they're supposed to be a, a trending up, doing what the Bengals are doing. They're sh they should be trending up and same just, old brownies and same yeah. old Chargers. Yeah, yeah, the the Browns much more so. I would say the Chargers are, are they've 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 won a lot of football games in my lifetime. Um, but but they've uh, also lost on some very weird ways where they kind of did it to themselves. Yeah, this 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 super frustrating for that team not to be in the playoffs. I mean, you've got you've got to try to make these playoff runs while you've got Justin Herbert. Yeah, um, they've got good players around Herbert too. There's no reason why they should be losing games. Yeah. But all right, back back to the Raiders and Bengals. Um, we're both on the Bengals, and I mean, it's cool to see the Raiders get into the playoffs the way they did. I just I think yeah, it took everything I, out of them to get in. No, you're. I think you're right. Um, they're a very admirable team. I mean, everyone's going to kind of want to root for these guys just because of everything they've been through. But I do I do think that there's some truth behind just the mental like wear and tear they went over this season to get to this to get to the playoffs are they gonna have much left in the tank yeah so all right we're both on the Bengals for that uh the next game i said earlier when you were talking about playing a an opponent three times the rubber match the rubber match we got two rubber matches this wild card weekend tyler 
the Patriots and the Bills are the next one. The Patriots at 10 and 7, the Bills at 11 and 6. The Patriots, they're coming off the loss to the Dolphins in the last week of the regular season, and the Bills are coming off the win against the Jets. This is the third time these teams will play, like I said. It's tough to play a team twice in one year. It's even harder to play a team three times in one year. Yep. And things get very simple. I mean, having to scheme for for Bill Belichick three times in one year, that that's just going to take a toll on your coaching staff. Everyone everyone knows what they're going to do. Um this, But I don't know, know because these, of what happened in the last time they played. These kind of, uh the snow game? Yeah. See, I mean or was that is was there There was a game in between, I'm pretty sure. Okay. That was the first that was their first okay. matchup. Okay. And uh, that that been a long that time. one was dictated by weather. I mean, if it's snowing, I could, mean it's going to be in Buffalo, Tyler. It, if it's snowing, you could definitely see the Patriots sit on the ball and just run it down their throat um, easily. That's what I mean by it gets simple when you know when both teams know what each other can do. There's no real like there's there's not going to be any sort of craziness. You're going to go to what you know you do best, and you're just going to pound away at it. Yeah. No, I I totally think that would be what Bill Belichick would be thinking to do because it's just like, hey, this is what won us the game the last time. And crazy enough, the road team has won both games in this matchup so far. So I mean, who knows what can happen? I'm the the Bills are very lucky that they've they've got a redemption shot. I, I mean, when they lost to the Patriots in the snow, I I said they're fucked. You know, I was like, they're going to let this thing slip through their fingers. They're going to let the Patriots take back the division. Yeah. Um, a lot of people thought and, that. And the Bills are, are, are not going to be able to to get over this hump. Um, and and now they find themselves playing New England in the in the playoffs where th- this is this is they got they were able to, you know, win the division, which is good. And if they can get this dub, maybe they can, you know, put some put that separation between them and the Patriots that should be there. Yeah. I mean, I think people are going to call me crazy, um, even though I probably am, because I am going to pick the Bills against Bill Belichick. And it's just, I mean, they won the division. They are going up against a team with a rookie quarterback, and I know Bill Belichick has more playoff wins than both Josh Allen and Mac Jones have been alive in terms of years. Because I looked it up, Bill Belichick has 31 wins, and Josh Allen's only 25, and Mac Jones is younger than Josh Allen. So I'm it, going with the Patriots. Hey, you you're probably going to be right because the road I, team has won every game in this I like, in this I, matchup. Uh, um, I like the I like their odds with running the ball, their defensive game plan, um, and and taking care of the football, special teams stuff like that. I mean, I'm they're going to go to basic football, run it, run the clock control the ball, you know, keep it safe. And, uh, you know, unless unless the Bills can you, – you got to score early. You got to change the Patriots game plan. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I just – I don't know. Something, something about having a rookie quarterback under center in the playoffs, I think, is something that will hold the Patriots back. I know, it, he, I know Mac will, Jones hasn't looked will, like – It will at one point. That there will be a point where it will show. It will be a factor. It says it's going to be three degrees. Three degrees? Three of them. One, two, three. <laughs> Cincinnati, Cincinnati is going to be 27. No, thank you. Where are you? Are you just looking at a weather app right uh, now? Yeah, I mean, actually, like, ESPN, it looks like they, like, changed the layout. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, right? It's got, like, the it's got the spread. It's got the weather. It's got the, um, you know, the stadium. 
Oh yeah, that's that's new. I haven't seen that new layout. That's cool. I like that. Um, yeah, three degrees. That sounds like a New England Buffalo type of game, though. Yeah, and if you know when you run the ball too, it also helps you know protect you from Mac Jones' mistakes. Yep. But he's not he's not a mistake guy. At least the thing that right. he's got going for him is he takes care of the football. He's accurate with the football. Um, so I, I like the Patriots to get this get this dub and to continue just kind of being the bigger brother in this division. Yeah, I mean, I was I was going to say Mac Jones has probably looked like one of the better young quarterbacks that we've seen in recent years, but. At yeah. the end of the day, it's still a rookie quarterback not, in his first playoff game. Yeah, yeah, he's not he's not the prolific arm like like Justin Herbert, but he's a very efficient, uh, uh, smart, you know, football player. And he's got Bill Belichick as a coach. And Bill Belichick really wants a quarterback that's not going to lose him games. Yeah, definitely. All right, moving on to Sunday, we got the Philadelphia Eagles at nine and eight. They're going down to South Florida to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at thirteen and four. The Eagles, they barely got into the playoffs after some help from some other teams winning and losing because they got the doors blown off of them by the Cowboys uh, on Saturday night this past weekend. But overall, I mean, yes, they're 9-8, and eight, basically 500. Um, they definitely showed a lot of flashes, I think, of what they can be with Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith if they can continue to develop the way that they, they have been this year. But, I mean, they're going to up against the defending Super Bowl champs and, and Tom Brady. So, I mean, I think the Buccaneers are going to win this game pretty easily. Yeah, this could be the biggest – this could be the most lopsided matchup uh, in the playoffs. I think, the, 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 I think this one and another one are in the running. Um, the Cowboys? No, the Chiefs and Steelers. Uh, I, guess, I guess, but, man, you, th you throw up that Steeler name and – No, I know. Like, hey. Uh, but Eagles, Bucks, you know, got to go with the Bucks. I, I will say, like – I liked the the I like that they gave Jalen Hurts the entire season. Yeah, uh, that he must have played his ass off in practice to have a guy like Gardner Minshew behind him all year. Well, uh, to play and defend, you know, fend him off from a starting job. And it came out that Gardner Minshew, I think, at one point during the season, went to Nick Sirianni and was like, "What's it going to take for me to be the starting quarterback after he started that game for them and won it?" And Nick was just like, "We're we're good there." Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I hope I hope that they give uh, Hertz another run next year. I don't uh, see why I, not. I like I like that. Uh, I thought that they had a really young, dynamic, offensive uh, kind of foundation with with Hertz, uh, Miles Sanders, and Devontae Smith. Those are don't all, get me started on Miles Sanders. Those are all three very dynamic football players. So uh, they they I think that their offense has a good future. Um, they've got some, they've got some weak spots on the defensive side of the ball, but I think if this team is, uh, is definitely like, I, I would say most people probably think that they overachieved this year. Whereas I think they're like, right where they should have been. Yeah. Uh, there's an Eagles fan that comes into my work all the time. <laughs> so, we, you know, I happen to talk Eagles and I can remember talk. He was just so like, we're going to be awful this year. Oh no! And, and so he just knew already. And I was like, the whole year, I was like, no, you got a good, you got a good squad. Your 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 division's not great, so you've got it with seven wild card teams. You got a shot, and they fucking did it. I I didn't even necessarily believe myself when I was telling you know saying that they had a shot of making the playoffs, um, but they did it. Yeah, I think one thing that will help the Eagles in this game, hopefully, maybe stay in it a bit is the veteran leadership on that team, especially from guys like Jason Kelsey and Fletcher Cox, just who have kind of been there before in that moment to kind of 
galvanize the team, maybe to just kind of keep them in it a little bit longer than than maybe most people are expecting them to be in it. Yeah, yeah. No, they've got it. They've got a good football team. All right, moving on. We got the San Francisco 49ers, like we talked about uh, already, at ten and seven. They're going on the road to the Dallas Cowboys at twelve and five. The 49ers, like we said, they had to win to get in, and they did. Uh, Jimmy G, he showed a lot of perseverance playing through that injury uh, with his thumb uh, against the Rams. You talked about Swiss Army Knife players like George Kittle, Debo Samuel. I mean, Debo Samuel's a freak of nature. What he did against the Rams, he had a rushing touchdown and a throwing touchdown. Yep. So it was crazy. Elijah, Elijah Mitchell didn't fumble the ball once this season. So, I mean, so talk watch to, for that. Yeah. Well, hey. <laughs> Okay. So watch for that now. Maybe he does fumble uh, in, in his first playoff him. game. But, I mean, talk about ball security. That's that's what you want from yeah. a running back for yeah. an 18-week yeah. season. He didn't fumble the ball once. Those are the kind of guys that aren't going to lose your football games. You're, you're always going to want those kind of guys on the field. And the 49ers had a bunch of running back issues this year because of injury. Yeah, they did. They got hit hard early on before the season even started. And then uh, it was a – it was – it was kind of a struggle the entire year. Yeah, and then Mitchell just kind of ran away with it, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously the Cowboys—they're coming off the blowout win, fifty-one to twenty-six over the Eagles. Dak is most likely probably going to win Comeback Player of the Year over Joe Burrow. I think it's either one of those guys' award to win. But I think being that Dak Prescott is a Cowboy, they're going to give him the award. Yeah, I would, and and just like where he was at in his career, uh, in the nature of the injury. I think that his is definitely more impressive. Yeah, and then Zeke Zeke had a really good year. He only fumbled the ball once, which was uh, his lowest fumble total uh, since 20, uh, 2017, but he only played 10 games that year because of injury. But, I mean, he has notoriously had a problem with fumbles, yeah. and so to have only one fumble this year, that's a, that's a major improvement uh, for Ezekiel Elliott. And then, I mean, Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb, they're going to be a problem to deal with, obviously. We know about their defense. Obviously, Trayvon Diggs is in the running. For defensive player of the year, uh, Demarcus Lawrence is back from injury and playing solid, solid ball as well. Um, I just, this is probably going to be due to my bias, but I'm going with the Cowboys in this game. Yeah. Um, I just, I think the Cowboys are a better team overall, and I mean, depending on if Jimmy G's thumb is better or worse uh, from this Rams game, I, I don't know what 49ers team could possibly show up. Yeah, I th- I like the Cowboys. They're they're uh, they're a stacked team. I think this is a Super Bowl potential team, uh, just with how much how much talent they have on both sides of the ball. I mean, they've got two guys that could win Defensive Player of the Year on their on their defense with Micah Parsons. Yeah, and uh, and Trayvon Diggs. Hey, so. you got Micah Parsons right yeah, on the first yeah, try. Yeah, yeah you yeah. needed a month off. Refresh, New Year. Yeah, yeah, we're good. He's and he's just become a stud. So. Yeah, he's for sure going to win Rookie Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, yeah, but I I do think that he is a valid consideration for Defensive Player of the Year. I do think Diggs is going to win it. Um, but yeah, Dak, I don't know. T.J. Watt set uh, tied the the all time sack record. So yeah, he didn't. He he got uh, twenty two and two and a half. Twenty two and a half. Yeah, yeah. So he could definitely. I mean, I think T.J. Watt could have won it last year as well. Yeah. Um. So he could he could for sure be in, in there as well. It's just. Picks are kind of like a sexy stat, you know. People yeah. love watching it. But if you look like uh, a DB, but DBs are it's it's rare for them to win it. I saw I saw, I can't remember the exact numbers, but I remember seeing a tweet that it was just like Trayvon Diggs's interceptions are hiding the fact that he gave up the most yardage this year for a secondary player type 
So there's there's a, a heavy argument against Trayvon Diggs as well. But I mean, with the That's, amount of picks that he had, you, he has to be in the conversation. Yeah, and those stats are are not my favorite stats. I mean, that is obviously you don't want that stat attached to your name, but at the same time, he's guarding the he's guarding the best players, so. right? Um, that's gonna that's gonna happen yeah so all right we're bo- we're both on the cowboys uh for that game obviously we we both hate san francisco but we also think that the cowboys are the better the, team I, I do yeah i mean i know that the 49ers are a solid football team but the cowboys i'm i, I mean i think that they're a really good football team and they could win a couple playoff games yeah all right moving on to the next game uh this is the other game that i think could also be a, a big time blowout uh it's the pittsburgh steelers at nine seven and one they're going to Kansas City to take on the the Kansas City Chiefs, who are twelve and five. Pittsburgh wins the last two games of the regular season after Ben Roethlisberger says the Browns game in in Week Seventeen was basically going to be his last game at Heinz Field before the game. Like he said it earlier in the week, and it was just like, all right, everybody knows like this is Ben's last home game. Yeah. Uh, there, there's not a real chance we're going to get into the playoffs. There's there's going to be a lot of things that happen and dominoes got to fall our way kind of thing they needed on sunday night the raiders to beat the chargers to get into the playoffs and i saw a a video on the internet of someone who was facetiming ben while he was watching the end of the raiders chargers game either one of those teams could have won right no if they tied they they missed it Oh, okay. So it was it either? I I couldn't remember if it was yeah. either team. I I knew the the Raiders obviously winning. No, either, they were gonna either get one in. of those teams win. Okay, in. so the only way they couldn't get in was the if they tie. Tied. Yeah. Okay, that's why it was such a insane. Right. Like, because as, as a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, like watching that overtime, I would be so fucking heated that like the thought you that they were just gonna play for a tie. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you had all of that added into the last week of the season. Yeah. Ben ends up winning the game against the Browns in his last home game. Chris Boswell hits a game-winning field goal against the Ravens. Or was it against? It was against the Browns, too. Their their last two games were the Browns-Ravens. Yeah, but I can't remember. Whatever. They won both games. One of them was on a game-winning field goal. And so it was just like the perfect send-off for Ben. Then he ends up watching the Sunday night game. He ends up getting into the playoffs, but they have to take on the defending Super Bowl champs, or, or not the defending Super Bowl champs, the the defending AFC champs. Excuse the, me. The Ravens were the last second field, or were, they won by a field goal. Okay, thank you. Um, so the Chiefs, they're now matched up with them, and Big Ben comes out today, and he basically was just like. You know what? I'm just happy to be in the playoffs one last time. I know realistically we don't have a chance against Kansas City, so let's just go out and just have some fun, basically. So he's just really just embracing it, and I think it's just going to be a cool to see Big Ben and Mike Tomlin in one last playoff game together. Um, they're going up against the Chiefs team that had an up-and-down year. We never really knew which Chiefs team was going to show up, but they managed to still win 12 games Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill were both in the top 10 for passing and receiving yards this year. So it's like, were they really all that different from past years? Yeah, they had they, they had this, some struggles early on. Yes. But, yeah, you knew that ship was going to get rid. Yeah, so, I mean. 26 degrees for this game. In Kansas City, wow. Jeez. No, thank you. Yeah. 
So, I mean, realistically, I think the Steelers know that they're going to have to play a perfect game if they're going to have a chance to win this game. But I mean, got, I'm just saying that for they all gotta, the... They got to rally around their young guys. They got to rally around Najee Harris and TJ Watt and yeah. these guys. And Najee Harris, yeah. another running back who didn't have a fumble all year, and that's get, and that's a rookie. Get these get get uh, make it as easy as possible for Ben to just manage the game. He doesn't need to push it. Um, Which is what they, they've been doing. And, and you know, I'm I'm just someone that there's certain franchises that I think always have a chance to win one football game, and the Steelers are one of those teams that. I think that's a fair assessment. It, the Steelers are just one of those teams that they're always in it. I mean, I don't care what the records say. Number seven still playing quarterback. Tomlin's <laughs> still on the sideline. They are the, This is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, they've got they've got players on both sides of the ball that are stars. So, uh, but I mean, I as a you know you got to as a bet, I got to take the Chiefs. I mean, I think the Chiefs are are going to win the AFC. So. Uh, this is a tough matchup for the Steelers, but I'm not going to go out there and say it's it's a for sure thing at all. Uh, Steelers could definitely play upset. All right, um, I would lo- I would love to see it too. Oh, I mean, I think everyone. I'm, yeah. I'm rooting for the Steelers yeah, in this yeah, game. Yeah, 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 and I I think there's a there's a shot. I mean, Kansas City is is probably the best football team in, in the league, but the Steelers uh, they can beat anybody any given Sunday. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Chiefs as well, but like I just said, I will be rooting for the Steelers in this game. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a, a fun one. Now, real quick, before we move on to the last game between, I'm sure Kansas City is going to do something for Ben. I hope so. That'd be cool. I'm sure they will. So, all right, now let's do something for Ben before we move on to the Arizona Cardinals versus the Rams game on Monday. Ben Roethlisberger as a starter in the NFL for the regular season, he's 163, 81 and one. Mike Tomlin, 18 years, never had a losing season. Yep. Big Ben's a two-time Super Bowl champ, rookie of the year, 416 touchdowns, 209 interceptions, 63,721 passing yards, an all-time completion completion percentage of 64.5%. Like I said, 18 straight seasons with a 500 win percentage or better. Never had a losing season in his entire career. Fifth all-time... Uh, on the all-time passing list, fifth in completions, eighth in touchdowns, twenty-two or twenty-second in interceptions, where he's tied with other famed Steeler quarterback Terry Bradshaw, which I think is kind of cool. Seventeenth mm. uh, in completion percentage and third behind Peyton Manning and Tom Brady for fourth-quarter comebacks with forty. Uh, Manning has forty-three and Brady has forty-two. Uh, so. Where does Big Big Ben rank for you all time? Man, that's tough. He'd probably be. I mean, I know he's. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, for you know, first ballot Hall of Famer type guy. I when I think about Ben, I think about Phil. You know, Philip Rivers and Eli Manning. You know that group. Yeah. So, um, I, I'm a big fan of Roethlisberger. I was a fan of his. Uh, you know, when he was really young. Um, all the all the way through, he's always been a, a fun guy to watch. But I mean, all time, you know, I don't have a list in front of me, but I got to say, it's probably twenty. I would say I was going to say top fifteen. Yeah, right around there, fifteen twenty. That's probably a, a just for his winning capabilities alone. But there are a lot of there are a lot of great quarterbacks that I would say are are better quarterbacks than him that may maybe don't have the team success he has. 
Yeah, but I mean, being in the in the top ten in all time passing, all time completions, and all time touchdowns. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is uh, never had you know, a losing that, season. And that's and that's and that's to you know his ability to just continually be on the field. You know, yeah. he doesn't he doesn't miss a lot of time. So and he's been hurt plenty. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He's a, <laughs> he, and he, he's kind of an enigma. I mean, he's a he's an offensive lineman playing quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's a physical specimen. Yeah. So I mean, I just nah, shout out Big Ben. Uh, I would hell say, of a career. It, you know, he's he's one of the greats, one of the greats of, of my generation for oh, sure. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. without a doubt. But all right, last game for Super Wild Card Weekend. It's actually on a Monday, uh, Monday Night Football here in Los Angeles. The Lakers also have a game that night too. So uh, pray for LA drivers out mm. here, folks. Um, the Arizona Cardinals at eleven and six. They're coming here to take on the Los Angeles Rams. Tyler, this is the the other rubber match that I was alluding to earlier. Uh, I'm so nervous for this game because the Cardinals, they're coming off a loss to the Seahawks. I already thanked you earlier. Um, I'll thank you again. Yep. So uh, we appreciate you handing us the division. Um, the Rams, they win the division, obviously, because they lost to the 49ers, but the Cardinals lose as well. The The road team, just like in the Patriots and Bills matchup, has won have won both of these games. So Arizona won in LA and then LA won in Arizona. DeAndre Hopkins is still uh rehabbing after knee surgery midseason uh, towards the, towards the end of the season really. Uh, and he he was officially ruled out today for for this week in the playoffs. They're they're hoping if they advance that he can maybe play in some later rounds. Um but I mean either way the, the Cardinals still have plenty of other weapons like James Conner, Zach Ertz, Christian Kirk, AJ Green, JJ Watt just got activated uh, off of injured reserve. So he's going to be making his return as well. I, I'm not sure if he played in week 18 or not. He might have. Um, but, I mean, Kyler Murray, one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. I got to see him in person just carve up the Rams defense um, at my first NFL game ever this year. And so, I mean, the Cardinals, they're, they're a good team. They were leading the division for the majority of the year until – the Rams beat them in Arizona, and then it was kind of a, a back and forth for for the rest of the year until the last week of the season. So, I mean, I'm I'm very nervous uh, for this game. Uh, we talked about it in in my biggest letdown. Matt Stafford has thrown eight picks in his last four games. So, I mean, I'm just hoping that the Rams of December show up and not the Rams of November or January. Yeah, the. The Rams, I mean, they should be there's uh it's I mean it's gonna be a tough, tough, tough one, but I would say the Rams are favored in as far as just like the experience and making playoff runs um with with this group in and McVay. So they, they've they've got home field advantage. Um, you know, like I said, this is this is McVay's, you know, third or fourth playoff run. Stafford's never won a playoff game though. St- that's that's I mean, he was playing for the Lions. So. Exactly. So, so that's different. I mean, I, I wouldn't. I'm not going to count that against him. I think that this is is, this is probably his first real shot at getting a dub. Yeah. Um, the other couple playoff games. I mean, what has he played in two playoff games? Maybe. I think. Yeah. At, at yeah. most two. Um, so I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna lean with the Rams. I think the Cardinals. It's easier for them to show up and play bad. Um, but. I mean, this is for sure a flip of a coin to be. Oh, yeah, easily. Um, tough, it's tough to pick one or the other, but I'm going to go with the Rams. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm obviously going with the Rams as well. They did sign Eric Weddle today. Yes, you heard that right, Eric yeah, Weddle. That was that was so wild. To out see. of retirement for for some depth in the in the secondary. They lost Jordan Fuller, who was a captain of their defense. He was the play caller actually this year, um, to an ankle injury for the rest of the year in that last game against the 49ers. And then Taylor Rapp is in concussion protocol. So, I mean, I expect Terrell Burgess and, and Nick Scott to get the majority of the playing time in the secondary alongside uh, Darius Williams, Jalen Ramsey. Um, and so Weddle, I think, is just there for depth and, and emergency situations. I don't I don't really think it's like... Oh, you're not going to lean on him, but... Everybody was just shocked because it's like, oh, Eric yeah. Weddle's coming out of retirement. Yeah. The last team he played for was the Rams. Yep. So yep. it's like, it's 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 That's cool. Jalen Ramsey was really excited uh, yeah. about having him back on the team. Yeah, it'll help out with just uh, being also just being a smart football player. Um, I will say this about the, the Cardinals, though. I, I do believe they're kind of like the Browns. Not the Browns, I'm sorry. The uh, the Bengals, where this is like, we're, we're they're like establishing themselves in the league. You know, it's like they're still a year away. Yeah. Um, this team's going to be a real problem the next couple of years. I think this year was like the... The, the, kind of, the coming out party as far as... Took the words yeah. right out of my mouth. Yeah. Definitely the coming out party. Uh, I mean, people knew what Kyler, you know, people knew that he had... Last year was unreal. Kyler's coming out party. This yeah. year was the Cardinals coming out party. Yeah, they're kind of just putting it together as, as an organization, and now they've got a good young core moving forward. Um, and tons of weapons around Kyler. Definitely. So, all right, um, before we get out of here, uh, obviously since the the end of the regular season is here, the the main topic, I think, on Monday morning after all of the, the Sunday games is, uh, it's obviously called Black Monday, what, what, what head coach is getting fired and, and what GMs are getting fired. So there's uh, currently seven teams that are that are looking for a new head coach Three teams that are looking for a new head coach and a new GM. The Giants, they fired Joe Judge, like I talked about uh, a little bit earlier, uh, about um, him calling back-to-back quarterback sneaks on his own or inside his own five. Uh, I think that definitely played a factor into why he got fired. But I also think that the Giants, they, they're, they're in a, a lot of disarray right now. They, they got, they didn't get rid of their GM. He retired, but I. Heard from Ian Rappaport on the Pat McAfee show that it was kind of going to be like, uh, we're just going to call this a retirement, yeah, yeah. yeah kind of thing. And then the Bears, they fired Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. The Bears, who knows what the hell the Bears are doing. The Vikings, they fired Mike Zimmer and their GM, Rick Spielman. Mike Zimmer was there for a long time. few deep playoff runs. Yeah, I think there's some good coaching jobs available right now. Yeah. The Dolphins, they, fri- they fired Brian Flores. That, that was the like the biggest bunch of bs they lost they won their last eight out of nine games they fire their head coach and from all the reports that i've seen is it's because there is a disagreement in terms of philosophy when it comes to the quarterback of the miami dolphins yeah Yeah. that'll do it yeah and so the team decided to side with the gm and the, the head coach is on his way out yeah, they blew it. It's tough. I mean, it's it, it. That's just such a momentum killer for a young group like they have. I mean, they've got a ton of ton of guys that are in their you know their first three seasons. Um, they've got a a really good you know defensive core building. Uh, he was a great defensive mind. 
Uh, and Tua has been extremely accurate with the football when he when he plays. He he doesn't necessarily like blow you away with his stats, but he's very you know he's he's he takes care of the football. He's accurate with the football. Yeah, and then the Broncos they fired Vic Fangio. The Jaguars obviously they fired Urban Meyer midseason, and then we all know what happened with John Gruden and the Raiders. Vic Fangio, that's another head scratcher to me. I mean, they were in the playoffs like damn near you know up to the last week uh they were in the playoff hunt so yeah. uh for a broncos team that really has just completely held back this franchise from quarterback play i mean average quarterbacks have completely killed the last five years of this franchise they're always knocking on the door of the playoffs or being in the playoffs with an average ass quarterback i mean guys like trevor simeon and drew Locke. I mean, they had Teddy Bridgewater this year, and Teddy and Teddy's like, I mean, Teddy's a good player, but this Teddy's is, better than those other two guys. But but it's not that's not the guy that's gonna like get you over the hump. This team's been linked to Aaron Rodgers since last off season. Like yeah, and I mean, if they, that's an instant kind of plug and play, we're rolling. And, and you, they've got a ton of weapons on the outside. They have a really nice uh, three piece at wide receiver with Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and Tim Patrick. Yeah. Um, you know, Patrick and Sutton are big, big, rangy guys. Jerry Judy is kind of a, you know, like speedster, a, athletic, a, deep route, threat. Route, yeah, route running. You know, uh, definitely a deep, deep threat, uh, big playability guy. And then Javante Williams turned out to be a great, you know, a really good rookie running back. So they've got a good core there. They just need to get a quarterback in, and you can't help but think that that. Uh, the Elway's got to have something to you know do. Well, Elway's the whole reason they're linked to Rodgers. It, it it makes me feel like maybe he can't. There's certain guys where I feel like they're so good that maybe they can't remove themselves. Like, well, know, that was like, the, well, that I, was the I, I, he's like, oh, I would have done you know done this. That's the he's criticism like, of Michael Jordan and the Hornets. I, I and I think there's some truth to that. I mean, they. Dropped, I mean, they finally they, got it right with Lamelo. They they yeah yeah and and they and they definitely hit the hit the jackpot with that one, but. You constantly draft players through these visions of Michael Jordan, who would I want to play with, and stuff like that. When it's like, no, you need to build a team, and there's there there is no other Michael Jordan, there is no other John Elway. Yeah. Um. But you have to you have to put your kind of ego to the side and and look at these guys from a like a scout's lens, not a John Elway lens. Totally. So out of these seven jobs, I think personally. The Bears, the Vikings, and the Dolphins are the most attractive jobs out of these three. Raiders are a playoff out of these team. Seven. Uh, yeah, I guess the Raiders too. I, I really think that all these jobs are 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 pretty legit jobs. Um, the Giants scares me because we don't know what Daniel Jones is, and Saquon keeps getting hurt. Yeah, Sa- Saquon has definitely been tough. It, it's it's been tough for them to keep Daniel Jones. And, and the Saquon Jaguars the are a complete joke. So I'm. But keeping I, them far away. I would say I would say the Jaguars though, looking at looking at if I'm a head if I'm a young head coach or if I'm a head coach um, looking for a job, I get I start out with Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick. Yeah, and James Robinson coming back, Travis so, Etienne coming off of the injury. So, you know, there's not there's something there. You know, there is like an attractiveness, like, all right, well, I'm you know, I've got the guy that's supposed to be you know, one of the next great stars of the league in Trevor Lawrence, and I get to pick my guy. But then you got the fans of the team showing up to their last game of the regular season in clown costumes because they want the GM fired. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 uh, <laughs> it's just I'd a, dis- want, it's a dysfunctional wanna... franchise, is what I'm trying to it, say. It is. It is a dysfunctional franchise, and it's definitely an upper management thing because 
you know, they've done some good things. I like that they've stockpiled draft picks. They've got a ton of, you know, they've got a lot of first round picks. Um, they've got a couple first round picks on their team now. So uh, they, all the jobs are pretty good, but um, I don't know. The Vikings, the Vikings are, are a pretty attractive head coaching gig because you've already got a veteran quarterback. The Vikings are very attractive. You've already got some Pro Bowl wide receivers on the outside. You got a Dalvin Cook, so. Um, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Yeah, the the Dolphins, man, that's that's going to be the hardest one, I think. Just it's you're it, gonna just uh, just to go through another restart is tough. I mean, well, this, and this if, group's I, already so young and had to do it already. Uh, it's gonna. But be, what if they trade Tua for Deshaun Watson and Deshaun everything with Deshaun Watson goes away and he can play football again? That's a lot of that's a lot of what ifs. I know, but hey, what but if you need a lot of things to happen um, for that to happen? Yeah. But all right. Um, but if I, I mean, if I, if Deshaun Watson's playing football, I'm trading to for Deshaun for sure. Well, there you have it, folks. But all right, um, that that just about does it. Uh, I know we missed uh, a lot. We're we're about to record a basketball episode, so make sure you you check that out. Episode 227. Uh, we'll talk about everything uh, that we missed uh, in the NBA. But that that just about does it. Uh, for the football episode, do you have any final thoughts on the Seahawks season? Yeah, I, I got one one thought. Um, I think John Schneider's our GM, Pete Carroll's our head coach, Russell Wilson's our quarterback. <laughs> next next season, game one, first uh, first year in the Pete Carroll Russell Wilson era that they were uh, a losing season, a losing season. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he we had uh, we had honestly the the season ended ended all right i mean we we were a couple game couple games away from the playoffs so, and you ended on a win um that it, it is one bad year which sucks but R russell got the that win he broke a tie for the most wins in a quarterback's first 10 years he broke a tie with Peyton Manning. oh wow that's cool so russell wilson's i think 113 wins in his first 10 10 years most right. in nfl history most in nfl history wow that's awesome so uh yeah i mean that this this year wasn't the year we wanted, but uh, you know our franchise quarterback went down a couple games in the middle of the season, um, and there was a couple games that that held us back from a playoff run this year. But I like our chances next year, and and I like seeing. I think we see Pete, John, and Russ all all with the Seahawks next year. Well, that will be a question on the TSK show every episode until yeah yep. the. Uh, I defended, I, defended, I defended Russ like hell last offseason. Um, Time to do it again. And I haven't really changed my feelings at all about it. You're Jon Snow in the Battle of Bastards, just pulling out his sword, one on everybody. Yeah, it just doesn't make it. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about all the reasons why I think it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. All right, you got a shout-out before we get out of here? Um, no, nah, man, uh, not really a shout-out, but we were going to talk about yeah. the, the legend. Yeah. Obviously, uh, John Madden passing away uh, three days after Christmas, December 28th, 2021. Uh, just uh, a titan of football. Like, I, I, I was going to say icon, but it's like he's bigger than yeah, that. Yeah, he could, be, he could possibly be a, a Mount Rushmore guy, I mean, of football in general. Yeah. So, I mean, jo John Madden was the coach of the Raiders from 1969 to 1978. He was the youngest coach to ever win a Super Bowl at the time. Uh, he was 40 when the Raiders won Super Bowl XI in 1976. He had a career record of 103, 32, and 7. Uh, still the best winning percentage of 75.9% of any coach in NFL history who has won at least 100 games. So, I mean, 
Yeah. That's he's the winningest coach of all time. The the best the 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 best win percentage of all time. Yeah. yeah. He was arguably also one of the best football broadcasters there ever was. He worked for all four of the na- major networks starting with CBS in 1979 just a year after he was done coaching football. Then he went to Fox in 1994 and then ABC in 2002 and then he ended with NBC uh, in 2006 until his retirement after the 2008 season. Um, He was, on top of being a coach and broadcaster, I think one of the the reasons that made him so great at both is just the fact that he was one of the greatest football minds to ever walk the earth. Yeah, and he was, you know, I think that, he was uh, especially good at making football simple for people to understand because he knew it so well. I think if you can make something complicated seem simple, if you can teach it, you really know it. You know? Right. And he really knew the game of football. He was a player. He was a coach. Uh, he was a broadcaster. Uh, just revel- I mean, when I think of Monday Night Football, I think of John Madden. When I think you know of v- video games and, yeah. and, and his impact on on the world as far as his video game goes you know he's he's uh second to none yeah as far as broadcasting goes uh i was listening to to the fna show shout out uh, monday night football thanksgiving football <laughs> super bowl that you know those are john madden's days yeah but i i was listening to the fna show shout out to uh, kevin figures and adam Oslin. they had a uh, petros papadakis from the petros and money show here on uh, am 570 la sports uh petros was talking about John Madden's impact on broadcasting and, and the influences uh, Madden had on uh, Petros's broadcasting career. And, and Petros brought up the fact that Madden didn't just focus on the quarterback like all the other broadcasters. He, he really explained every part of the game. He would, he would talk about the, the offensive lineman leading the block on a run or, or opening up an A gap or, or a C gap yeah. or whatever. It's always drawn on the TV. Right, exactly. Using the telestrator and explaining the game and showing the people exactly yeah. what was happening on the field. And then, Tyler, you, you brought up the, the video game franchise where a lot of people recognize John Madden from. The first Madden video game came out in 1988, and then it was, it's been released every year since 1990. And one of the whole reasons why Madden thought the video game was a good idea was because he thought it was a way to help teach the game of football to the masses. And it was. That was what hundred percent. That was exactly what it did. That's it's, how I learned football. A lot of people knew football based on on Madden. He was really, really big. His his whole thing with Madden was he wanted eleven on eleven simulation football. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, I I was reading an article when I when I was taking all my notes for this. He had conversations with the Madden developers because the Madden developers wanted to make it like seven on seven or eight on eight. And he yeah. was like, no, that's not real football. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they were worried about not being able to fit as many people yeah, on it, the screen at the it, time yeah, because exactly. of technology. Yeah. The technology, he was pushing the boundaries of what technology could do. Um, so he was kind of always at the, at the head of that. And, you know, we used to talk about it in, in high school football. We would talk all the time about, you know, playing Madden in it. And it's like it, it it's, helped your it helped your IQ and how you know at that time coaches didn't really understand. Um, I think now it's a little more uh, now that video games and and these people have like grown up to be you know right. adults and everything. But like at the time, I can remember telling the coach like, "Yo, this is like good for these kids to be playing. We need like 
LeBron says he would work out lineups and stuff on 2K and stuff. So it's like yeah. all the like it's it's crazy how much sports video games were influenced by what Madden was doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the the sports world and, and Madden is the greatest sports video game of all time. And it's arguably it's it's arguably the the best video game franchise ever. I mean, obviously video gamers are ever going to pick a sports game as the best. Yeah. As the best ever, but I'm I'm I don't I don't have the numbers in front of me. I was going to say the the sales numbers talk. I was like, yeah, the, they're they're more sales than any video game franchise ever. Yeah. So I mean, outside I, of Mary, maybe Mario Brothers, you know. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, the the sports world, the the football world, that we were all shocked and and saddened to to hear about John Madden's passing. But I mean, he was 85 years old, and and luckily he was able to see Fox's documentary All Madden. Who uh, a classmate of mine from CSUN, Eric Kaback, he was a, I believe he was a, one of the uh, producers on the documentary for Fox All Madden about his life, and it aired on Christmas, and so he got to see it and all of that. So I mean, I, I think it's fair to say that he knows how fee- how people felt about him, and he got his flowers while he was still alive. And, no, he lived a full life. Yeah. So I mean, I think uh, obviously the the world never uh, flew in planes. <laughs> yeah. He would have the bus. Madden bus. Uh, another thing we remember him for, Tanactin commercials, the light beer commercials. Oh all yeah, that stuff. no, I mean he's he's just a he's a big he's just a big likable guy. Yeah. So I mean, I all the stories that came out uh, in the days after he passed were just really cool to to hear and, and listen to from from all ranges of uh, football. So it was it was uh, very nice to see the the outpouring of support for his family and the stories being told about him in his memory. So uh, yeah, I mean, rest in peace to to John Madden. Yep. The Tyler said maybe I I think he definitely is a, a Mount Rushmore figure in in football, not just the NFL, but the the sport of football the itself. Sport, yeah, uh, got to be one of the most influential uh, football personalities ever. Definitely. So with that, that wraps up episode 226 of the TSK show. Man, it felt good to be back behind a microphone again, Tyler. It's been a minute. Yeah. So for Tyler Pachelke, I'm Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pachelke. We appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.